listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. Welcome to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast, episode 32. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget that you can rate, review, follow, favorite, and all of that on iTunes and SoundCloud. For our first episode of 2017, we get to hear from Muay Thai fighter and trainer, also TV producer and scriptwriter Jessica Yaunt. Jess shares about growing up in the American Midwest, her journey to faith in Jesus, how she came to be involved in boxing and martial arts, hardships, culture, and her career so far in the media. So I hope you really enjoy this candid and inspiring chat with Jessica Yaunt. I am originally from the States, and I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, but I was raised in Kansas City, Missouri. It's a bit of, it's funny, because when I tell people from the States where I'm from, they're like, oh, you're from the country. Oh, okay. Yeah, and when I tell Australians as well, all they say is, oh, Wizard of Oz, they call me Dorothy. And, uh, but um, where I'm from, it's a little, it's very conservative, it's a bit of, it's a part of the Bible Belt, but you know, like we do have like that, like Southern kind of comfort hospitality, even though we're not considered a Southern state. Yeah. And um, really family oriented where we're from, state full of like really hard workers because there's not really anything else to do but to work. Right. Yeah. So were you in a rural setting? No, no, we were in suburbia. Mm-hmm. So we, like I said, I didn't grow up in the country, but you know, five, 10 minutes this way, 10 minutes that way, you could be in the country. So. Mm-hmm. We lived about 40 minutes out from the actual city of Kansas City. So, I mean, like that's just, I mean, very similar to Sydney, just in a smaller scale. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some of your early memories there? Oh, wow. Earlier memories. Well, I moved there when I was eight. I was almost eight. And I have two older sisters. I have an older brother and I have a younger brother. So there's a lot of us. And I think the biggest memories that I have are just probably like holidays with the family, um, just going out to an actual country, like my my uncle's log cabin during like the winter for, for Christmas and just like the, the times that, like we would like perform for our family. We would, all three of us girls would like sing a song from like the sound <laughs> of music. <laughs> all right. And just also just, you know, like Easter, just probably traditions is like a thing that I remember the most in my family, just in terms of just like spending time together or, or like I said, like the holidays in, those are probably like the earliest memories. And do you have a first or some early memories of, of like God or spirituality or religion? You know, I think I do. I mean, I remember whenever we lived in Ohio, I remember I was really young and I went to this function where you could like give your life to Christ. I think I was seven. So it was like right before we moved. And I remember doing that and I do, I don't think I understood what I was doing though. So I think it was just kind of like, oh, let's just do this because they say that you should. Mm. But I remember that specific moment. But I think as I've been growing up, I always believe that there's like God's hand has been on my life. Just the decisions that I made or even kind of like the way that I thought. And growing up, I think, I mean, I can recall from like even like age 11 or something, just always thinking that I wanted to go somewhere outside of where I was from, 
I wanted to, I've always been like super accepting of like cultures from a really young age. And I, I think all those things like play a part in, you, you know, like faith or like what you believe, mm. like what's your moral compass. And I think that, I just think, you know, like I just had a, like an early, like kind of like revelation almost of like spirituality or like God. I think it was young, but I actually didn't even become a Christian technically mm. until I was like 20. So it was, a, it was a long journey for me, but I believe God was with me the whole time. And that's something you kind of felt and that affected your your decision making. A hundred percent. You know, like like even just like in high school, you know, I I never dated anybody because, you know, for me I didn't think dating was like a like a small thing that mm. you should just, you know, like oh just casually date and stuff, you know. I always wanted to, you know, be with someone and then that be the person that maybe like I end up with and that like I know that's like such a bizarre thing to think at maybe like 15 16 years old when you just want to have a boyfriend but I think I always knew that and then also like even in school if I feel like I really hurt somebody or said something about someone that hurt somebody I would instantly regret it and I would instantly feel bad and I'd want to go apologize or like you know make amends or something Mm. I would say that I think that it played a massive part in how I was even brought up in my household, but even like how I interacted with people outside of my house. And how did you find school in general? School was great, actually. Maybe not in middle school. I was a little bit bullied in middle school um, because (laughs) I was a bit silly and I was a tomboy and, you know, I wore my hair up everywhere, like (laughs) literally wore my hair up everywhere, wore a lot of... um, tomboy clothes, mismatched clothes, my sisters would make fun of me. But as I got a bit older, I kind of like grew into myself. I grew a little bit more confident in who I was. Yeah, I just started like doing a lot. So in high school, I was involved in so much stuff. I was involved in like five different clubs is what we had. I don't know if you guys have clubs here. It's kind of like... Uh, we might like call them something else. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, just like, you know, like school clubs where mm-hmm. like different like organizations are part of like your school. Mm-hmm. And I was in a lot of sports and I was in student government, you know, I was class president and just, yeah, I just like, I just wanted to be involved in a lot. It was good. Like for the most, I'm glad I was raised, I was raised in a small town. I think there was about like 7,000 total where I was, where I kind of like grew up. But um, I'm thankful for it because I think it, Put a good head on my shoulders you know it taught me a lot of life lessons i don't know if i would have learned if i had been raised in a bigger city so and you mentioned sports there so you were really in a sports from a young age i was my parents put me in sports when i was four wow and i've probably played the whole lot i mean i tried softball i tried gymnastics i tried i did basketball for like the majority of my life so far i did swimming that was probably my best sport. I was in swimming, I was in cross country, track. And then as soon as I got out of high school, I was like, wow, I need to still stay active. And I um, I started boxing not too long after high school. So I've been in a lot of sports. And was that something also that ran in your family during sports and being so involved in general? In Yeah, I, I'd say that my family's like a big family of go-getters. Mm. We just have that mentality where we like we believe we can do anything mm. and we're also very competitive I think it's a it's a bit of an American thing you know like we take sports so seriously so they started us from a young age my, both my parents were very athletic all my siblings are athletic so I think um yeah we just wanted to be involved we just like doing active things together riding bikes 
going to the pool. So. And did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? You know, I don't think so. For the longest time, like when I was seven years old, we had gone to SeaWorld. And this was like long, long before like all the documentaries and everything came out about SeaWorld. Yeah. We would go and see like the orcas and stuff. And I remember when I was eight years old, I got picked out of the crowd to sit on Shamu. Ah. So I have a photo of that. Me and my little white and blue striped dress and my underwear showing when I was eight. (laughs) I think from then, like, I really wanted to be a dolphin trainer. I've always loved animals. I wanted to be that for the longest time. But I think, I mean, I think that's just like a little kid's dream, you know, like when you see sea animals and you just want to work with them and everything. Um, But as I got older and older, and I mean, even like looking back now, like something that was very consistent in my life was I always wrote stories. And even if I wasn't writing stories, I was telling stories. Mm. Sometimes not always telling the truth, <laughs> but I mean, like stretching stories and stuff. So um, I've always been a storyteller. Um, I don't know if I ever technically wanted to be that when I was older, but looking back, I see that that was actually like a, a big strength of mine. And what did life end up looking like for you when you finished up school? When I finished up school, I went away to just like a community college I think, I don't really know what you guys technically, um, like what that term would be, but it's just kind of like a, like a smaller college where you can get your general education courses out of the way before you actually begin in your degree. Mm-hmm. And I started working at a boxing gym and I started dating a guy who was like into fighting and I was like, man, I really want to try this. I, I want to try fighting. I was around it. I really liked it. and. Um, I ended up kind of like doing since I was teaching there. Well, I wasn't teaching boxing, but whenever I was working there, I was around it. So I just wanted to be a part of it and just doing classes on the side whenever I could. I was just, just, it was local. So I wasn't like su- super far away from my family. Mm. Yeah. And what, do you, what about boxing do you think you enjoyed so much? Hmm. I think with boxing, what I enjoy so much is it was something that was brand new and like really challenging for me. I feel like things that are athletic or like training comes really easily, like just naturally for me. So for, I really like that it actually required so much work and like concentration, even like mentally um, to pick it up. But I think another thing is that it kind of felt like whenever I would like hit a bag or something like that, it just felt like I could finally like release something that maybe was like built up over a long period of time. and. I just, I felt like I was good at it. So for me, it was just like another way for me to kind of like do something competitive and um, and like strive like to be better at something as well. And so you mentioned that around age 20, you became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Was that also around this similar period? It was. So I became a Christian when I, after I got out of a really bad relationship. Yeah, it was a very interesting relationship. And that's actually, I hadn't even started fighting yet. I just worked at the fight gym. I kind of wanted to, but I hadn't started yet. But I got out of a really bad relationship. It was a very, very emotionally abusive relationship. And my first one as well. And I think, I think for me, I like, I just needed to get away and I needed to discover who I was because it kind of like what really compelled me like to get away was like one time we had gotten to a physical altercation So I ended up going away um, to school with my sister. She lived in Columbia, Missouri, so it was a couple hours away. I needed like a fresh start and I got involved in this 
this area called the Christian Campus House. And I just like really like made sure that I was there. And I and it was a perfect time for me because it was a healing time for me. I was in a, a lot of depression at that time. I had lost a lot of weight. I couldn't like eat. And um, for me, I just needed to be around just people that could kind of like lift my spirits in a way and encourage me because I didn't feel I didn't like respect myself or feel good about myself after I got out of that relationship. So that was, yeah, that was probably like, I guess that was on the back end of of being 19 years old. So I hadn't been 20 just yet. Wow. And so was that like for you a sort of a slow journey into coming to Christ or was there like a moment for you? I think I always knew that God existed, but I, I didn't know to like what capacity mm-hmm. and I didn't know really what that meant for me mm-hmm. until I realized that I needed him. So for me, it was kind of like, I would say that it was a quick decision, like a quick coming to because I was in so much pain and um, and I would wake up and I just knew that I needed something because sometimes when you, if you wake up in the morning and you just like instantly start crying you just like sometimes I couldn't even get out of bed I knew that I needed something because I was in like such like a, a bad state so for me it was like it's kind of like a quick coming to even though like it was a long process in terms of like healing from that relationship and and like moving forward and and re- regaining like who I was and stuff but I think from like a young age back whenever like I had heard first about God and stuff I think in the back of my mind he was always there but for me to finally like actually commit and like make a decision like to believe in God and to like follow that I think that was what happened in that moment it Mm -hmm. happened it happened pretty quick I put trust in God like pretty quick after that relationship Mm. and it's interesting different people I speak to have the people around them respond different ways Mm -hmm. when they become a Christian or become serious about being a Christian I'm interested particularly in the American environment where at least the perception is that it's kind of the norm to be a Christian. Mm. How did everybody respond? It's, I don't know, I guess it's kind of interesting you say it's like the norm to be a Christian because in terms of like Christianity in the States, it's very traditional. In Like in my eyes, it's like very black and white. But after going through the relationship that I did and, and becoming a Christian, I realized that life isn't black and white. And I think that even though people have good intentions and they want to support you and they are Christians, maybe it doesn't come across the way that you need it to or you want it to. And um, I just had to like, like, I think for the most part, you know, people had like, they were really proud of me and they encouraged me and they strengthened me, like where I was at, like in the Christian campus house, but not everybody offered the same. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think it just kind of like depended based on the person. I mean, especially from the relationship I came from, it wasn't a very healthy one. And, you know, I didn't make a lot of like the right decisions. So I know a lot of people kind of like they didn't respect me for that, or maybe they kind of like brushed me to the side. And, you know, like that could even be Christian people. But I just learned, I just learned to surround myself with people that um, would love and support me. And for the most part, um, that was like everyone that I was around in the environment that I was when I was away with my sister mm. at school. And so where did you go from there? Did you go to university? 
I didn't. I still kept doing, I did a little bit of online courses for a while because I just, um, I didn't need to be around people. I didn't want to be around like large groups of people. And we were over at like the Mizzou campus. So the Mizzou campus has like thousands of people. I'm talking like 7,000 in one class and you have four <laughs> classes. So imagine how big like that place was. But I just enjoyed like having the freedom to be able to be around people if I wanted to like walk mm-hmm. around and stuff. And um kind of involved myself in some after school, um, kind of like inner city care that was out there. I got like really involved in just like helping a lot of the kids that maybe got in trouble with the law or something and um, they just needed to be around like good influences and a lot of those were Christians. But then from there, I ended up getting involved in an internship for our radio station, um, Mix Mm 93.3, and that was amazing. And then from there, I got to do a couple things with one of the entertainment entertainment reporters for Fox 4 News and got I went on a couple sets and just I think that revamped my my spirits for like just mass communications just anything to do with communications and when I was on when I was on at the radio station you know I started with our night DJ and then I got to do a bit of backup producing for the morning show and it was a live show and yeah it just kind of like for me that's like what really started pushing me towards whatever was going to be next for me. And I also started fighting at that time. Wow. So when I came back, it was like a year later, I came back to Kansas City. That's when like kind of everything changed. Started boxing. I was like, okay, I want to try this. And I think I needed to do it for myself to say that I could. And um, also because I wanted to learn how to protect myself and just got really involved in a couple different avenues. Yeah. Amazing. And was it shortly after then that you came across to Australia to study? It is. Um, a year from when I got back was when I moved to Australia. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. And I think I made a decision like pretty early on, especially once I started fighting. I think I was fighting for, I was training for a, a year before I came and I started fighting six months before I moved here. I just knew, I, I applied to a couple different schools, um, a lot of Christian, col- Christian colleges in the States and then one out here. And I heard from Australia first and I told my family, I was like, hey, I'm moving to Australia. And funny enough, I don't think they believed me. <laughs> I, I still think, like, to this day, they're still shocked that I've lived here for almost four years. But they're like, you're not moving to Australia. I'm like, no, I really am. And um, I like that they had a TV media department. Mm. That's kind of what, like, really pushed me to go, especially with everything that I kind of started doing there. So you were looking to go to Bible college and the TV was kind of a bonus? It was, yeah. So for me, like, I knew that I, I wanted to have, like, a deeper um, revelation of who God was. I wanted to know more about actually, like, the Bible and, like, theology and, like, all these, like, really important things, um, like marriage and family, just, like, all these things that I think that university should have. Um, and then on top of it, it had a TV media stream, like, avenue. And I was like, this is perfect, mm. even though I didn't know fully, like, what that meant. Wow. And how did you find coming all the way across to Australia? Well, my sister is actually the one who told me because she knew about Hillsong. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Hillsong was until 2010. So it was kind of like a bit of like a new thing before I moving here, like mm. three years after figuring out who they were, I moved. And um, she knew through the band and then through the band, she heard through a friend about the college and, and then she told me, she's like, you should go. So it kind of all just started from that conversation that we had. Wow. Yeah. And you spoke before about cultures and, mm-hmm. and how you're interested in that and open to different cultures. How do you how do you compare and find the culture here in Australia? 
I love Australian culture. Uh, I think at first, like, everything was like a bit of an amazement to me. Just, you know, like, just especially the language, just hearing words like, how you going? And <laughs> just, <laughs> just mate. The fact that people do say mate, I thought that was just, you know, like a joke on TV. <laughs> uh, and the fact that people like crocodiles don't roam the streets and people don't ride kangaroos to school was like another big shocker but I mean <laughs> just in terms of like the people it is very laid back um hospitality is a lot different I'm used to like culture in the states is very fast-paced mm. it's very much like where you serve the people like just give them whatever they need you know it's all about business making money um not like in like not necessarily like in a bad way I mean like it creates like massive like like entrepreneurs and like people believe that they can do anything which i think is awesome but it was a culture shock coming here um the people are a little bit more laid back um i think it's just here in sydney but <laughs> when people bump into you they don't say excuse me or sorry <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that's just the city but I, I love i love the people you know like they're very accepting um at least they were of me like of americans and stuff and uh they believe like that they are very outdoorsy, very fitness focused, which mm. is fantastic. And, you know, like very friendly. I'd say that Australians are probably like some of the most friendly people I've ever met. And so how did you find the actual college experience? Mm. The college experience was definitely a journey. I mean, when I very first started, I mean, it blew my mind in terms of like everything that I believed up to this point was hearsay almost like what people told me mm. but not fully my belief of what i believed god was or what i believed about the bible or what i believed about christianity and it was just like it was a bit of like a, a shock factor like to realize that a lot of what i believed was just based off of what my parents believed and for me for the first time i had a real i had to really like dig deep and find out what i believed mm. um who i believed god was and what i believed you know was true and you know, that that was a that was a big thing for me. But I loved it. The college experience was exactly what I needed, like based on like like the ethics class classes I was a part of. I think I just watched a, a YouTube video the other day of a Harvard ethics lecture and the things that they talk in there are exactly what we talked about in our ethics class. And you know, like that's a that's a college, like a Bible college, and then that's like a what, like a top A school in the States. But, you know, we're still conversating about the same things. And to me, like, that and, like, talking about communication and family and, you know, like, just these important topics that, like, these emotional intelligence conversations that should be happening in universities, you know, I got to, like, really hash into those here. I really got to discover more about limiting beliefs in my life, what I thought of myself, what I think about other people. It was probably one of the hardest things I ever did moving here, but it was also one of the most rewarding things as well. So I wouldn't change it for the world. I'd do it all over again. Mm. And it would be hard being so far away from family, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know, I have two nieces. I've only met them once. Wow. I do. I have two nieces. And, you know, like, it's hard because I'm such a family person. But there's this weird tension, I think, in life where, you know, you you, you want to be close to family and you want to, like, be there and and be raised with them. And then you also have, you know, like, your passions or your calling um, in life, you know, like what you want to do. And it's kind of like hard to find the balance between doing both. And so with that calling that involved 
more media for you yeah that's yeah. what it seems to have been yeah yeah for me um it's interesting i remember my first year holding cables during like a church service and i and i would be like i would like tell myself as i'm holding cables i'm like okay you know like i'm doing this because it's a bigger picture i'm doing this for god you know i'm, I'm holding these cables i'm um i'm just gonna do it with a cheerful heart i'm just gonna like support the people that you know are doing camera work because I'm not a camera operator you know I tried that I did a couple cameras and you know I'm okay but it's probably not my forte mm-hmm. um and for me it was tough in the beginning because I'm just like is this was this where I fit is is this me because you know like I don't want to be a camera operator like I don't I don't want to be a big super technical person that knows about wiring and um and everything but you know as I just like stayed like faithful with that you know I just was very consistent and then I ended up, you know, getting to oversee all of the TV people at conference, um, like so team, like overseeing team. And then I got to do this and then I helped out on promos and then I was project managing. And as I started doing more and more things, I realized that actually like I was probably more skilled in like creativity and overseeing teams and building teams and all of that, you know, like things you also learn in leadership college. but. Um, to the specifically to media because I'm so passionate about stories mm. just like I was when I was a kid yeah yeah so exciting that thread coming back exactly in. it literally just comes right back mm. yeah and then I believe you went and worked in media outside of the church is that right I did so I did that last year and um that was fun that was a lot of fun like I actually reckon that's probably where I've learned so much like just in terms of like on set life and um, and even just like equipment, learning about lenses and what tripods are called, they're actually called sticks. And just, you know, like all these like terms, you know, that you would only maybe hear in industry work. And um, I got to work around like some very creative people, some people, I got to work on a TV show called The Living Room. And that was so much fun, you know, like I learned a lot about gardening mm-hmm. and about psychology and like why people hoard things in their homes and, mm-hmm. For me, I just like, I really utilized that time just to soak up as much as I could. And um, just like understand like the fast pacedness and you know, like it was a lot of it was like learning on the spot. So just making sure like I was aware and I was like, okay, so if this is a prime lens, <laughs> okay, these are, these are actually what prime lenses are and everything just so I could assist the director or the producer as best as I could. Wow. Yeah. Exciting. I enjoyed it. And I mean, I've- heard different reflections from different people as well on being a Christian in secular media Mm -hmm. how would how did you find that experience you know like for me I didn't find it any different I think that I I think that that's actually what I thought growing up you know like to be a Christian you know you got to be different and you need to like tell people you're a Christian you need to do all these things and you know I and you need to like evangelize and just be like you need Christ like to people and I don't think that, you know, like when I was on set, I just was who I was. I just served people mm. because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to serve people. So if the producer needed something, I served him. If I needed to get coffees for people, I served them. And I would make people feel important because I think, you know, like like that's what all of all of us are supposed to do is, you know, like just be there for people, like love on people. Um, and I would encourage people on set. And I think like that was actually probably what people found like the most bizarre it's just like, you know, like encouragement just doesn't exist anymore. Um, outside of the walls maybe of the church, it's just very rare just to get like 
for someone to say something kind. Mm. So if I saw that someone did like had a really nice camera angle or you know like laid the turf really nicely on a set or something, you know I would be like, hey, like you're really great at that or you know like whatever it is, you know fill in the blank. But it was sincere, and I just think like that was a major culture shock for them, not for me, because that's just kind of like what you know like what we you know like what we just know in church but not even just that you know like it's just like just lifting people up because they deserve it Mm. yeah so for me like working in the industry I didn't feel like it was really that much different there's just a lot more you know like curse (laughs) curse words (laughs) (laughs) yeah so other than that you know um, for me just very fast-paced so it still feels the same yeah yeah Right. And you continued the boxing when you came to Australia as well? I did. So I came over, and before I moved here, I knew in advance that I was going to continue fighting. So I contacted a gym, and, man, it was just in the perfect spot and a great gym that I walked into. Like, probably one of the biggest blessings that happened to me when I moved here was walking into that gym because it just felt like family instantly. I walked in second day in Australia, still jet-lagged. And um, met the coach, Stu McKinnon, and um, it's Bulldog Gym, Castle Hill. And it's been my home for four years. You know, I, I developed as a fighter there. I fought for two state belts and I won. I was like the first girl out of the gym to fight for a belt. Wow. I've had um, seven fights there now, nine fights total, because I fought a couple times in the States. And um, I was there for wins, I was there for losses. And, you know, like my team was there for me, my coach was there for me. and. I have friendships with my gym that I know that I'll have forever. So um, I'm glad I stuck with it because now I teach. Mm. I've been teaching for a while now. I teach kids and I just love, like I just love being able to teach people and I teach general classes as well. So I just like to help people reach their goals. I like to help people learn how to protect themselves. Yeah. I like to teach martial arts just in general because it's, I think it's a beautiful um, physical thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Is there any relationship between your faith and the fighting? You know, I'm, it's funny because I think I get asked this question a lot, like how does fighting in like church <laughs> work? Sure. Uh, and I think that's just, it's, it's a funny question because it's a very confronting question. And um, I think for me in the very beginning, I think fighting was to prove a point. Mm-hmm. I think it was to prove to my ex that I could do it because he didn't think I could. And that, and just, it was built from a lot of pain. You know, I would go to training and I would like train really hard and I'd spar and I would get like beat and sparring like pretty bad. Um, and I'd go in my car and I'd cry the whole way home. And I just, I think for me, like that's just symbolism that there was like a lot of pain inside of me. So I put myself through it because it was like a way I could release pain. But as I, as I did it more and more and you know, like um, my heart started to change, I realized actually that something that I was once a victim of, I now can help other people that are victims, mm-hmm. like a voice for women who don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of like self-defense things and I started teaching women like around the area. I've taught a bit out in Liverpool. I, um, I started a connect group for a while where I taught self-defense to women that came to it. And I just was able to like support people. And you know, it's, to me, it's like a Joseph story. It's like, 
when you were once sent into exile, but then, you know, like you come out of it mm. and and what was once your curse is now your blessing. So for me, maybe it didn't start the right way, but for me, I honestly believe that that pain is now just me being able to give to people. Mm. And that's a part of my faith. You know, yeah. like I get to teach women, I get to help like show them like how to protect themselves. And, and I also get to give them confidence, you know, um, just like sometimes like some of the things that you teach are things that maybe like they didn't even know that they had inside of them. So for me, it's all a part of like my faith story and yeah. my walk with God, I guess, in a way. Amazing. Yeah. And even just fitness in general, do you think that that sort of feeds into what you believe? I guess you talked about valuing yourself as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, like I believe, I honestly believe our bodies are temples. Mm. Um, if If we don't take care of it, no one else is going to. And not even just that, like, I believe that we're like forces that can't be reckoned with, you know, like it's amazing what the human body can actually do. Mm. And the more it's crazy, the more I learn about health and fitness, the more I actually feel that my relationship grows and like I can connect more with God because how detailed and like intricate like the body and its function is and like just like earth, you know, like apples and fruits and veggies like when you cut them in half like what they look like on the inside is actually like the body source that it fuels or like helps protect Mm. i don't know if you've ever um, read about that but it's just like just learning about like the science of it and um it's just amazing so for me like it's more than just like oh it's something i do on the side it's my lifestyle Mm. i will always be active I will, I will always help people reach their goals if they want to in terms of like being healthy. Mm. Mindsets, I think, is the biggest thing when it comes to health. So if you don't have a healthy mind or soul, then you're missing like one of the largest parts of, of being healthy. So for me, like it's a holistic thing. It definitely goes hand in hand with my faith because I think to function and to be healthy humans, we need all three elements. We need body, mind, and soul. Mm. Um, so like for me like taking care of myself you know like it's just it's not even a compromise it's something that i do every day you know between what i eat where i go um the things like the actions i do based on if i'm training or not you know Mm. it's just yeah it's just an automatic for me amazing fighting for me started as something very different but has it opened up doors and avenues you know the people that i get to be around like totally opposite like you know like it it's it's different than just walking to a church you know everyone's like smiling and like you know like you're around people that like they go through stuff and they're not afraid Mm. to like admit what they're going through and i get to be like that positive avenue in that environment like it's not like to me like it's not something i take lightly i think it is a blessing like the fact that I, i i don't by any any means say that i would I think anyone should go through like a bad relationship where like you're put to the you're put to a point to where like <laughs> you want to learn how to defend yourself because it's that bad but if I wouldn't change anything that I've been through because of what I get to do now and it's a ministry to me you know like I have people that come to me and they tell me about like lots of things that they're going through and sometimes people just need someone to listen Sometimes they just need people like they're just going to be there, just listen, say they're sorry, cry with them, give them a hug, you know, like just tell them that it's going to be okay. Like, and for me, like I get to be that. And to me, 
like if, if that's what we're called to do, we're not called to stay in church. We're called to go outside of the church. We're, to, we're called like to go into like witness to people, like share share the good news, be the example. And I just, to me, like some of like the places that you can go would be like a fight gym or like a bar or, you know, like those places that most people would be very hesitant about going to. But I've met some like incredible people in fight gyms and it like fights like people that have made a large impact in my life Mm. and I don't know like to me like there's like nothing better than that you know I have some incredible stories that I'll probably end up sharing in my future through like writing or something because of the people that I've met Mm. through fighting you know like people that just have very strong spirits yeah yeah good and I'm wondering if you can unpack for us for people who haven't done fighting yeah like you obviously love people and value Mm. individuals what's it like to sort of be hitting someone and fighting them (laughs) right but and you know obviously loving them like how does that work for you yeah it's that's so funny you know I I tell people this I mean a couple of people that have asked it's just that I mean because I ended up knocking a chick out and they're like did you feel sorry? And I was like, I did 100% after I was excited. You know, because like that, that's just, in, in reality, that is sports. So like yeah. both people go in with a common agreement that this is the sport that you're competing in. Yeah. When you get on a field in rugby, you know that you are going to go full, like someone's going to come full, like, like steam ahead, just ready to like break you to the ground. And in soccer, like it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, sports, like, they are. They're very aggressive. Of course, like, boxing or kickboxing is, like, a little bit more aggressive because that's, like, the sole purpose. But it's such a beautiful art. Mm. What it really is intended is almost, like, to see limits of, like, what the body could go to. And it's, it's like, a chess game. It's such a mind game. It's, like, to me, I would say it's probably about, like, 90% mental, 10% physical. Like, sure, you do need to be physical and, like, in shape mm. and have skill set. But you just need to be – you have to be smart – you have to think four steps ahead. You have to, you know, like use um, like strategy. It's like, it's insane. And a lot of athletes that come over from other sports into like fighting, they're just like, I had no idea how hard this was. And you could be the toughest person in the world, but if you don't have strategy, and if you're if the person you're fighting gets in your head, like you've lost. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that's actually what even attracts me to the sport. I, I don't want to. I never go in there with the mentality of like I'm going to kill this person or I want to hurt them. But I always go in knowing like, hey, like this is like we're going to be competitive. I want to win. You want to win, and we're just going to see who wins mm-hmm. at the end of it. But at the very end, I always hug my opponent, regardless if I win or lose, and we just go train harder next mm-hmm. time. So for me, it's not like a bloodbath. Like I just want to like, <laughs> I just want to like hurt this person. For me, it really is just a competitive sport, mm. a bit of chess. We'll see who has the better hand uh, on that day or that night. So amazing. Yeah, I think boxing and and other types of fighting translate to very interesting film as well. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, 100%. I actually, I mean, I worked on something for my gym. Um, some of my favorite movies are like like war movies or movies with like great, like either tragedy or like pain. And a lot of that comes out of um, like fight movies, like Warrior, Love Warrior. What a strong like story um, and even like visuals. 
and like Southpaw. I mean, like the list goes on and on. There's like lots of really good fight movies, but because it it it's very artistic. Uh, you know, like martial arts have been around what since like like the beginning of time, like Eastern, like in, in the East, like it was like the way of life. Like everyone knew some type of martial art because it was a way to calm themselves or it was a way to protect their nation like for like the people from Thailand the reason why they learned um Moi Baran which is actually what Muay Thai originated from was because they were such a, a poor country the only way they could um protect themselves against the Burmese was by creating their bodies to be weapons they didn't have money for weapons so they trained their bodies to be weapons and to me like that's amazing that people can do that like yeah. if you you have to do the means to survive um and the spartans you know like they trained back then to protect and like the weak didn't survive so it's all about like mindset mm -hmm. so i think i think um fighting looks beautiful on film sometimes i'll go to my boxing gym which is uh, i also go to a boxing gym in blacktown as well and i'll just get in the ring with um the coach and one of the um, the state fighters hitting pads and I'll just ask him if I can film and I just love being and since I also am a fighter I know the movement so I know how to move to catch the movement exactly like what would make it beautiful or like engaging mm -hmm. so I'll just follow them around like in the ring and just like catch just this beautiful art unfold so um, actually I really really hope that I get to work with like fighters and like martial artists um, sometime in my future because I just am so passionate about it and I just think it's beautiful it's something that looks amazing just like dancing dancing looks amazing on camera as well it's very similar so the storytelling and the fitness have kind of been threads running through your journey mm -hmm. has that love of culture and and openness to culture also been still part of your world oh yeah I, I, I this is why I think it's so funny so funny that I ended up coming to an international college. Uh, once again, it was one of those things where I just had no idea what that meant. But I mean, wow. It's crazy when you're in ethics classes or world perspective classes, like talking about like these other countries or these other issues, but you're in a class with like over 20, 30 different nations. Mm. You know, I'm talking like Switzerland, like Taiwan, Thailand, the Philippines, just all over Europe, Sweden, Finland. Like, I didn't even know what Finland was. <laughs> I Just like all these different, these countries, and you get to sit and, and you get to have conversations and open up topics that you probably would never talk about with people from other countries. And it was so amazing just to understand that it, actually all of us have the exact same value. Our, our hearts beat the exact same way. We still want the same things. We want family, you know, like we want good communication, but it just looks different. And being able like to see that so up close and personal and like live with Norwegians, live with Indonesians, you know, cause I got to live in, you know, like my best friend is Australian. I don't feel like you can get that anywhere else. I honestly, I was talking about this with a friend. I don't know any other function or like event in the world where you get that mm. other than like the United Nations meeting. But I don't think that they, you know, like have the conversations as openly as we did because, you know, like there's walls and they're trying to protect their countries, but um, walls in terms of like, like when they're, what they're speaking about, they put up walls. Mm. But um, 
just for me like it's only just like put a put a mark on even more of how passionate I am about just cultures and speaking to those cultures and breaking barriers breaking boxes breaking um stereotypes Mm. yeah amazing and so this year you've come back to college yes and it's kind of coincided with the Hillsong Channel Mm -hmm. launching you've been involved in a lot of comedy programming youth programming (laughs) I know it's weird all kinds of stuff yeah can you talk a bit about this experience yes so um so I came in and I did third year which I'm really grateful for and I'm really glad that everything happened the way that it did in terms of like last year I did industry work and then I came on the channel because it really just like elevated me that much more in terms of like knowing what to do and um just like work ethic as well but even like TV, I mean, from working on TV, I kind of understood TV, like going into it. Yeah, I got pulled on board to produce a youth program. And um, I didn't really know what that looked like. And they told me like, well, we want it to be comedy. And we're thinking about a cooking show. And then I was like, well, what does a cooking show look like? And a couple of us started brainstorming. And then just from there, like everything just kind of opened up. And then my boss, Jeff, was just like, okay, write their scripts. And I'm just like, I'm not a script writer. Like, I don't know why you want me to write their scripts. But I guess that was just like another one of those limiting beliefs I had in myself, because I am a writer. I have been since I was little, but just opening that avenue, you know, was just like crazy. So from there, you know, I started writing scripts and I started, I directed on set for the show and you know people like really started getting great feedback people really loved it and working with my editor Tom he's just fantastic um and he's just a genius of comedy 100% genius of comedy Mm -hmm. so you know like with that it just opened up more avenues so then we just we produced that whole series which was um eight episodes which is a lot and then they're like oh well you're really good at youth so they kept me in youth and I moved on to young and free conference and my editor and I sat down again and tried to figure out what that would look like to make everything make sense. So um, we did that. And then, you know, just from there, like just producing, I realized like from the beginning, I'm so glad I stuck out holding cables mm. to reach what I've got to reach because I think I found, you know, what I'm good at. And to me, it's like being able to write scripts and like and produce and like oversee programs and and work with like a wide variety of people in collaboration and I'm just glad I stuck it out because I almost didn't wow yeah paid off it did it paid off in the end and what does sort of day-to-day look like for you at the moment well I mean right now I am I come in and I'm looking through a lot of different recordings from this brave series that was done for sisterhood here in Hillsong, Australia. And it's just speaking about different women in the Bible. And what I do is I go through and I I look at all the, I go through different sermons and I highlight like the major points of like who these women were and what they did in history. And then I'm also putting together, like we'll go through today. And I'm also, after I do that, I'm putting together like this mood board of kind of like what that looks like visually. Mm. Um, I've been working with a designer and I've also been working with like a director of photography in terms of like what that looks like. And I'm gonna put this together and I'm gonna pitch it as an idea. So right now it's just like looking through a lot of sermons and um, grasping concept, maybe putting together kind of a couple ideas of scripting for like a piece to camera 
for our presenter. And then um, just formulating a plan in terms of what this would look like visually. Will this work? Who could fit the character of like Esther or Joanna or Anna? Just pitching that idea then mm-hmm. to the big bosses later this week. Very so exciting. it takes up a lot of time, you know, like reading, looking through content and everything. Mm. But that's kind of like what my world looks like right now. Amazing. Yeah. And so across your journey, has there been for you a particular Bible scripture or even story or figure that's been really significant? I don't know if I would say a specific Bible character. I would say in terms of scripture, like I have a couple of scriptures. For me, the way that I see it is like so much independent of almost even sometimes like what I'm going through. Like for me, like I think it's amazing that when you're going through like hard times, how you can look to to Psalms and like hear laments that David had during like really hard times in his life. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I just find that like so comforting that I'm not the only person going through crazy stuff. You know, like this guy was like, he had an army coming after him and he was hidden and somebody wanted to kill him. And you know, like it, it and it's interesting, like, sh- I don't have all of that stuff happening to me, but when you feel when you feel sometimes like the weight of the world coming down on you, which he probably did, or you feel like maybe like people don't like, don't like you or something, you know, it's just nice to know that this is something that has happened, like literally, it's not like nothing's new under the sun. Mm-hmm. It's something that's happened like straight through history. But to talk about like specific scripture and funny enough, it actually is in Psalms. Psalm 73, 26, though my heart and flesh may fail, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For me, that was like probably one of the most impacting things in to me when I was going, especially like through my breakup and, and through depression, because I realized that like, it's so easy for our flesh, just like our, our like our human body, just to, to fail us, like even our heart, but God is like the strength. He is the portion of everything, of our being. He's what makes our heart beat. He was the one who like breathes life into us. And like for me, like that's like what's really compelled me um, during hard times, like to really push forward, you know, like just not to rely on myself, to have hope that future, the future is going to be brighter, to have hope that I'm going to get through this situation. Mm-hmm. And then um, another one is Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And for me, like, I think our world is driven too much by fear. And especially the states. Like, we might be some of the worst. You know, like, we we wake up and we're like, oh, did you see that on the news? Did you see that? What about that person? There's a terrorist attack. And we're like, oh, but they're Islamic. And, you know, like, we're so focused on the bad things and we're not focused on who we need to be. Well, I'm just speaking more for myself. Like, instead of being focused on like the bad things, the things that could happen, you know, like God has given us a spirit like of Him, you know, like in a sound mind. We don't have to worry about those things. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to fear this, not like be naive to it, but you know, just, um, just walk in faith, walk in discipline, walk in certainty, walk in grace, you know, like just remind myself of that every day. So that those verses, I think for me, have been like the most impacting for me. And I I would say that I've let fear control my life way too much in the past. And I'm just not for it anymore. Wow, amazing. And so in terms of 
you know, what's at the core of what you believe, your faith and how you see the world. How would you sum that up for us? For me, I think since I've came here and since I've understand, like, I have a better understanding of who God is in, to me, a better revela- revelation and stuff. I would say that, like, my worldview, I, I would definitely say that. I don't know. I would argue if I'm a capitalist. <laughs> I would say that I, I'm more for, like, what the people want. I'm definitely not a nationalist. I don't believe, like, for the longest time, I I did. I was that person was, like, you know, like, yeah, your country, you know, and super patriotic, and I, I, I'm from a, a military family. And... And I'm not discrediting that by any means, but I just think that moving out of the country, having a better understanding of God, I realized that there, like, the world is so much bigger than just my country, and and I believe it's my calling and, and my gifting to be able to like break that that maybe poor opinion even of Americans to other nations because we don't have like the highest reputation. Um, be able to like open up and carry on conversations without debating and you know arguing my opinion and thinking that I'm right but actually like hearing people for like what they believe in because just because they believe something different than me doesn't mean that I'm wrong or they're wrong it just means that we're different we were raised differently for me do I wish that we could all get along and not have war yeah a hundred percent because when I was raised I had this opinion where, you know, like, we'll do what we need to, we'll go to war if we need to. But as I grow older and, you know, I mature in my thinking and in who I am, it actually, like, scares me to death to think that we go to war with other countries because I know people from countries now. So it makes it different when it actually, like, affects you personally. So with my faith and that all, like, intertwining, um, I think that there should be no divides between, you know, like the world. I think that, like I said, when I was in class, you know, like all of us breathe the exact same way. We go to sleep the same way. We're born, we die the exact same way. We just speak different languages and some of us look different, but at at the end of the day, we all have the, you know, like we all want the same things. And um, I think that's what Jesus came to do was to be countercultural and, you know, like, I was raised in a certain culture, but my culture has changed so much. I wouldn't consider myself that culture anymore. So I might be a little bit countercultural. And for you, there's a lot of change ahead going back to the States. Yeah. What, in the short and long term, what are, you, what are your hopes and dreams? What does the future look like? <laughs> this is such a funny question because I've been thinking about this so much enough to where it like drives me crazy. Well, I'm first gonna go home, I'm gonna visit my family. I really, I, I think I need to be with my family. I haven't seen them in over a year now. And I um, just wanna be around my nieces. I wanna be there for them. And I wanna, yeah, I, I think I just wanna be there. I wanna encourage them and um, just kind of take a bit of a rest. But after that, I really like to do a little bit of traveling, just kind of like see a bit more. Um, like I want to see New York. I've never seen New York and I'm from the States. And, you know, I just want to see a bit of like kind of like the country of the States. And just I want to I want to have more conversations with people from other places. And I want to 
create more stories because I think that those life experiences help you in terms of your writing even. Mm. But even like some amazing stories that like in movies come out of just small conversations that someone had once in their life. And since, you know, like since I'm a storyteller, I'm a writer and I want to eventually, you know, like I want to keep, I want to pursue like directing, whether that be creative directing or um, directing to some capacity. I just want to create more experiences. But then I'm going to, after a couple of months, I'm going to be moving to LA, which is a massive change for me mm-hmm. being from the Midwest. Um, yeah. And I just, that could be, that that could look like a couple things. I'm not a hundred percent sure what that means. It could mean um, working for church and, and producing still and doing, which I'm open for and doing that. Or it could mean, you know, like trying to get some industry work and um, just kind of, you know, once again, like what I was on set, you know, like just serve people and, and kind of just like see different creativity unfold as well. And long-term goal, what I would really like to do is if, if I had the dream, I would really like to direct or be the creative director for athletic commercials. Ah. Um, because I've realized from doing some stuff for my gym and I just love um, creating stories from hard work and discipline and um and just showing like i said you know like just how i think sports and different things are just like beautiful um when when we like perform them and stuff and i'd really like to like inspire people to like want to get out of their bed and like want to change or make a difference or yeah just inspire people like to do something like to take action so for me that would be like the ultimate dream but yeah we'll kind of see Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.